three guys you never heard of go all in on Southern accents. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Will you do the rest of this in a Southern accent? It would be my pleasure, dear Scott. Thank you. I appreciate that. Three guys you never heard of commit suicide just immediately. (laughs) Just right away. Just because. Just like, that seems like the best option. Let's go for it without any hesitation. Three guys you never heard of solve a crime. When you say it like that, it sounds a lot more convincing than if we were to say, like, three guys you never heard of solve a crime. Mm-mm. That sounds pretty lame, but the way you said it is nice. That's I probably like it. why they gave him a southern accent. Three guys you never heard of. Their donuts are not whole. The donut hole has a hole in it, making our whole donut not whole. See, our donut has a hole in the middle. We've tried to fill it with a donut hole, and that had a hole in it itself. So it turns out wasn't we got more sleuthing to do (laughs) we are uh three guys you never heard of we talk about movies we have beards it gets weird i'm david with a southern accent today am i gonna do this for the whole episode i hope so i'll try i hope so i'm scott i will try this is scott i'm duran and that's duran and i am um i don't know my southern alias i'll just go by mr tweed (laughs) how do you do this how do you do, Dave? How do I do? I think I think what I want to do is, uh, what kind of knife would you have? Ooh. One of you gentlemen kick us off, please. Interesting. Do you have any opinions? Uh, I'd have a bread knife. Oh, okay. So no one could, like, steal it from you and kill you with it? No, because I like bread. Okay. I always feel the bread knives, though... <clears throat> Do you mean like a serrated bread knife or a butter knife? Sorry. A serrated bread knife. Okay, so yeah. that is very sharp and yeah, killable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can kill someone with a bread knife. I feel that's probably more... You can kill someone with a pencil, though. Yeah. John Wick does it. Also, the Joker does. Yeah, but... We think. We don't know the guy died. The whole, like, make a pencil disappear. Yeah, we don't know he's dead. We don't know. Probably. They didn't need to tell us. No. It was only my choice for my knife. I haven't said anything, but mm-hmm. I'm... Well, I'll go. Go ahead. In honor of my Scottish heritage, my knife would be a ski-and-do. Yeah. Ski-and-do's in the sock, worn underneath the kilt on my foot. Well, it's worn with the kilt. With the kilt. I mean, that's like well, saying... Well, the that, socks... That's like saying that your boots that you okay. wear are worn under the kilt as well. Well, beneath it. It's also like your hat is worn above, above the Above my shirt and above my kilt. And the skiing dues in the sock below the kilt on my foot. Okay. It's a Scottish. Ceremonial. Ceremonial. It's very pretty. Knife. And deadly. Just like me. Ceremonial and deadly? Pretty and deadly. Oh, okay. Skiing do. How do you do? Skiing do. <laughs> uh, I think I would probably pick, I don't know, like a Bowie knife. Only because I find their utility very interesting, right? They have like a a hard edge on one side that's used for parrying. And I just always thought that was interesting that you mm-hmm. parry with the back side of it and then stab with the other side. Are you sure it's not because you like the movie Labyrinth, Scott? I've never seen Labyrinth. My gosh. I know. My wife oh, says Lord. the same thing. <laughs> yes. Is there were you knife? were you making a reference with like David Bowie? That's exactly what I was. You realize the Bowie knife is named after a guy named Bowie already. 
Mm-hmm. The bonus predates David it's Bowie. It's not David The Bowie. joke stands. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to do this. <laughs> I love it so far. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, those are our knives. But, but for how do you do this? Are we good? Are we bad? No, we're good. I'm okay. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, move on. Move on. Doing it. Uh, today, we're talking about knives out. Knives out. It's just knives. I'm sorry. There is a silent K. There is. Mm-hmm. Knives out. Knives out. It's a comedy drama crime. The movie was a crime. Yes, it was. It came out November 27th. Uh, so we're actually getting this one in. Right away. Happy Un- Thanksgiving. Unlike, yeah, Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, unlike the last couple of movies we watched, which have, had, which have had super limited releases, this one was not too hard. What? Just practicing. Okay. <clears throat> Good. Uh, Knives Out was directed by Ryan Johnson, who also directed The Last Jedi, Looper, and some Breaking Bad episodes. Three of them. You Three are of them. missing one of my favorite movies, Brick. Brick. I also. Enjoy Brick. Brick's a good film. I didn't know that was Ryan Johnson, though. Yeah. Do you know he's, he essentially like self-funded that movie? Like, mm-hmm. he asked his Wrote, parents. directed, funded. Yeah. Did it all. I like Brick. Have you seen Brick? No. Mm. Recommend it. It's also kind of a... Mm, it's, it's not a, comedy, so maybe. It's dry humor, but yeah, it's more it's, of like a drama crime. It's a Ryan Johnson film. Does that mean it's based on Star Wars? In time travel? Mm-hmm. Um, this movie has a large ensemble cast, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, who, oh lord, I loved her work in Blade Runner 1947. 2049. <laughs> That's the one. Yep. Uh, I've not seen that movie. She was Wait, you haven't seen Blade Runner? Animatronic. Wow. Animatronic girl. Yeah. Because it feels like I need to watch the first one, and I just can't make it through mm. the first one. The first one is kind of rough. Especially the start. I mean, like, every time I try to watch it, I'm like, mm, it's, I'm tired now. Yeah. It's like a... It's a... What is that? It's not requi- sci-fi movie. It's not required viewing. No, I think you could definitely enjoy 2049 mm-hmm. without it. Then I'll watch it. Um, yeah. But guys, um, Chris Evans, America's ass, mm-hmm. not as Captain America. He's kind of an ass. Yeah. I was going to say, double meaning. True. On the word ass. Yeah. Um, okay. Also, Jamie Lee Curtis... Uh, fun fact, that's my mom's celebrity lookalike. Uh, I would agree. <laughs> Michael Shannon. General Zob. General Zob. Uh, yeah. Don Johnson. No I, idea who yeah, he I was. I know he's important for some reason, but I don't uh, I think he was in stuff. Because he's the husband of Linda, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Tony Collette. Great actress. Who is in like the United Hereditary. States of Me. She got an Oscar nomination for her work in Hereditary, the horror film. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Mr. Tweed. Mr. Tweed. Um, Lakeith Stanfield. Now, where was he from? I recognized him. Him a lot. He was in Us? No, Get Out. Yep. Mm -hmm, He sure was. And I think... He's been in some other... I think he's in Atlanta. Yep. He's in like a TV show that's also very popular. Yeah. Recently. Maybe something in addition to those. Yeah. yeah. But I do like him a lot. Uh, Christopher Plummer, obviously. Uh, playing the role of Harlan Thromby. The mm-hmm. person who the deceased. The deceased. Catherine Langford. Meg Thromby. Jaden Martell. He's uh, a little Nazi boy, isn't he? A little Nazi he? boy. I read a very interesting fan theory, which was that he represented all of the haters of Last Jedi. 
and Ryan Johnson, apparently, this is all conjecture, put him in specifically so he could like trash on the haters of... I mean, I loved it. No, yeah, matter, no matter the reason. Graydon yeah. Martell was in the movie It. <clears throat> and It too. <laughs> you get some tobacco stuck in your throat? Yeah, pardon me. I do chew on occasion. Sometimes I get a little um, aggressive with my swallowing. What do you want to say about him being in It? Or just that mm, you recognized him? He was a great... I'll do... I'll save my comments after we okay. protrude yeah, our thumbs. Fair. That's very good. <laughs> uh, that's mostly it for yeah. the cast. Um, for scores, Rotten Tomatoes critics gave this a 97. That's very high. Audience gave it a 92. IMDb gave it an 8.1 out of 10. Metacritic gave it an 82. Cinema score a minus. So this mm, might be one of the highest rated movies. High scores, yeah. That we have reviewed. Yeah. Um, the I don't know what the budget was, but it has made 43 million so far. It came out. Less than a week ago. Less than a week ago. Yeah. In the, the Thanksgiving it. rush. Um, what what else came out this weekend? Nothing? I mean, I could look it up. No, we don't need to. It's fine. I don't really care. All right. Not going to look it up. Yeah. Frozen 2. Yeah. Oh. The budget for Knives Out was $40 million United States dollars. Good for them. So they've already surpassed it. Yeah. And I think it's probably going to keep going. Nice. Um, <coughs> pardon me, gentlemen. Continue. I was eating a cookie. We know. So, but yeah, that's uh, nice. That? Do we want to get two thumbs or is there anything else we want to say about cut and dry straight to the point? Yeah, we can get thumbs. Get All right. to the thumbs. I have predictions about thumbs. But. Oh, do you want to do your predictions? Or should we before? write down predictions? Or we'll just do on the honor system? We'll do on the honor system. All right. Okay. Let, me, let me predict my thumbs real quickly. I've been off the last two weeks. I've got my predictions. Predictions. Mm. I sure okay. the X Factor. I'm calling the X Factor in my head right now, so you know I've got that. We'll explain it if necessary. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, on the count of three. One, two, three. Oh mm. my God! It is what I thought. That's what I kind of figured. Ladies and gentlemen, we have consensus. Three thumbs up. Three thumbs up. What was the X Factor? You were the X Factor, really? Scott. Yeah. I feel this is like my jam. I knew that you would love the movie, but yeah. me thinking you'd love the movie lately has led me astray. Mm. That's fair. <laughs> And I'll, I'll take the next factor. Yeah. Um, all right. We all three loved it. I think this is only the second time that we was Widows, three. right? No, Widows was all three. Um, Peanut right. Butter Falcon was all three. Uh, four, technically. Yeah. And what else? Mm. Spider-Man Homecoming was some middle thumbs, if I do recall. Yeah, yeah. I gave it middle thumbs. Yes. Uh, Aquaman was all Aquaman up. Aquaman was all up. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe this is we, only I'll the give third. No, we didn't give Avengers all up. It goes so slow with you, dude, talking like the, that. It's it's real. My, it's mighty tough, and we just can't talk over you. It's, it's all right. So enthralling. It's it's, it's great. Quite, yes. Yeah, one is, of us needs to do a voice. Every this week. is how I get my most of my uh, chickadees. If you know what I'm saying. What's a chickadee? It's a woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, moving uh, on. The thing I like most about the film was that they showcased the assholes of Boston who leave their shopping carts out in the parking lot. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but when they were in the car chase and she pulls in the parking lot and hits a shopping cart, Gwen almost lost it because she knows that it's one of my biggest pet peeves. Because hmm. assholes in Boston just leave the shopping cart wherever it may be. Wow. And it's one of the worst things in the world. I, I hate think it so much. One of the things that I liked least about the movie that Liz, my wife, liked most 
was Daniel Craig's accent. Okay. You I've, got like so, I've got something to say right now, I right here. I didn't like it. Duran, before you continue, please let me interject. He opened his mouth and he sounded mighty close to this. And I was like, all right. And I had to take a three-second pause. And in that three seconds, I asked myself one question. I said, David, are you in? Because if you're not, this is going to be a rough ride. And I was like, I am all in on this man's accent. And it made the rest of that movie so entertaining. I think I I definitely fell into it. But that first scene... Because I feel like in the trailers, you don't even really know. No, you don't. Because I think he only says like one or two things. He only says a couple things. Which, like, there's the joke that um, Ransom, keep like, they show a couple times where he's like, oh, what's this CSI KFC? And I never understood what that meant until I actually watched the movie. And I was like, oh, he's making fun of uh, Benoit. Duran. He He literally says, I do in fact suspect foul play. He also says... The game is afoot. Yeah, but those are sayings that it's but hilarious. He's Brian. <laughs> you could say them without an accent, and they're going to sound. It's not the same. I think it helps separate him though from the family in the same way that, like Poirot. That's not how you pronounce that word. Poirot uh, is different from people, right? In Agatha Christie uh, movies, right? Do you guys see like a uh, Man Train the Orient? Man in the Orient. What's that film? I did Murder not, on the Orient Express. I did the not re- see that. That was the last Who Done It. It was a remake, but it was in fact yeah. the last genre film in this good. nature. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh. There's a character who's on the level of like Sherlock. Chris <laughs> It's some French name. Um, hmm. That also is like in an environment in which he's speaking in an accent, which sets him apart from. Oh, okay. Here's my question: Do you just not that. like Southern gentlemen? Because it was very believable. Do you think it was believable? I believe it was. Why well, didn't I've heard many folk talk? I think like it's. This. I I think that it's actually just because it's Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. And so you don't like an English guy doing it. Imagine a well, because I so know what his voice is. Mm-hmm. I think I've, that's what it is. You just couldn't buy into the character. I thought he sold it beautifully. Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. It, it was jarring. I had to take three seconds myself. I also didn't see the film he was in with Adam Driver and Channing Tatum where he had a Southern mm, accent. Indeed. It was a bit more twangy and high-pitched. Interesting. But it was a good film. Um, I thought the star of the show was Anna de Armas, personally. Yeah. I thought she did a fantastic job. I couldn't figure out for the whole time if she had something up her sleeve. I know. It, which I thought was like he, one of the hallmarks of her acting was that like i was kind of suspicious and the hallmarks of the movie because this whodunit gave us a lot of information off the bat yeah and subverted expectations and made you second guess yourself which i love yeah no haunters though there were zero haunters in the film i kept my eye peeled one of the other things i loved was the crowded crowded busy backgrounds in the in the in the mansion the country home and the country home and the music in the beginning and it was crowded and it was lively and the folks it was great it was very good yes <laughs> it's still not a carry, carry on David um, so do we do we want to get through things we like first and then get into things we didn't like or do we want to why you, the, yeah why don't you just jump into anything Scott yeah, okay, any, so any big thoughts I want to I want to take what David just said and run with it for a sec one of the things I really liked about this film was that at no point did they like slap you in the face with the answer 
Well, they kind of did at the end because they had to wrap it up. Um, but at the same time, they also didn't show you enough for you to make those. Right? It wasn't something where I was like, oh, I could have figured that out if I was paying more attention. Right? The movie only showed you enough information so that you could follow along with the clues as they were presented to you. Yeah. Which is a really interesting narrative technique because we weren't in the shoes of Blanc. Right? Blanc had a wider purview than we had. Mm-hmm. Even though we saw the blood on the shoes, but we only saw the blood on the shoes after we knew that she was in the room when he died. Yeah. Right? So like we had already put that. But I, I just enjoyed that it wasn't... One, one of the things that I feel as though these kind of movies can do is make you feel stupid for not noticing little details. And I feel as though all of the foreshadowing in this movie uh, was leaving those breadcrumbs, but not in a way that you could actually put it together. So when they actually did reveal it, you were like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they, they, it wasn't just a drop of exposition. It wasn't just a drop of, like, yeah. here's the resolution. It was, like, little bits all throughout the movie. <clears throat> I just really like that in terms of, like, a storytelling mm-hmm. uh, device. Uh, did you guys so on that did you guys either see the plot twist coming did you enjoy the plot twist did you not enjoy the plot twist which plot twist are you referring to not any of them just were there notable ones right for example like I wasn't a huge fan of the fact that Blanc said that he knew what the grandma said about Ransom that was the only major thing that stuck out to me why didn't you like that who would have told him that who would have told him the grandma said yeah but the grandma has no lines in the entire the grandma told him Ransom came back and for again, meaning yeah, he came back for no, the first time. No, I know, but but like the line he says when he's like revealing the plan is he says, and she said this when and he like, was sitting there we, asking yeah, her. But we, but we as viewers only got to hear her say that in the moment. In moment, mm-hmm. exactly. Right, like Ransom, why did you yeah. come back? And I just feel as though he wouldn't have had, he wouldn't have heard her say, Ransom, why did you come back? She just would have told him like. Oh, yeah, I saw Ransom climb up the trellis twice. Or three times, I guess, because she thought that... The twice. line he said was, Marta. was, what's the old woman's name? She's not on here. She the old woman's she makes a name, cut for this ensemble The old woman's cast. name who ate the entire appetizer dish. I can't recall exactly. Salmon. Yes. This must uh, sat down. He said, I've got all the time in the world. I'd rather enjoy my time here with you. Cut away. Then he goes back to where he's revealing the plan, and he says, she said... It, I thought it worked great. I just didn't like the fact that he quoted a scene <laughs> that he wasn't in. But he quoted what she told him he, she said, which I... Well, but that's what I'm saying is, like, she wouldn't have said, this is what I said. She enough. would have said, like, this is what I saw. I, that's a little weird for me to be like, hey, I Dave. Acknowledge. Hey, Dave, did you see this person? And you would say, well, when I saw them, I said this. Like, no, you just say, like, yeah, I saw the person. That's a good point. I overlooked it. <laughs> I feel like it was, it was, I bet the creative decision behind it was we can show them, yeah. the viewers, what actually happened. Which is a more interesting narrative than. Rather than showing them grandma telling. Yeah, because Dave, you're right that like when, when he says that in your mind, you're like, oh yeah, so she did tell him after he sat yeah. there with her. Yeah. And that would have been very annoying to have her recount the story yeah. in her character who doesn't talk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Other plot things. Do we like the plot? Do we like the... the I did like the plot. The one place where it got shaky for me was when... Just... There was a rushed moment, I felt, in the 78-ish percent way through the movie when there was some explanation with Anna telling uh, 
Senor Mr. Blanc. You Marta? Marta telling Mr. Blanc about her decision or no. There was just some kind of tenuous rush scene. I can't recall the exact moment. Is this ringing any bells for you? Two? Like when when he was in the hospital waiting room. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So literally, it was a pivot. It was yeah. a pivot where some information was divulged. Where she basically is like, "I need to tell you what happened," and he's like, boom, "Oh, boom, I already boom. know." And, then, and she's like, "So you know about this?" And he's like, "Yep." Yeah. And she's like, "What about this?" And he's like, "Yep." <laughs> yeah. It was. I, it it boom, had boom, to. Man. It had to do it to move the the, the plot along, and it just. Was it felt the other, all the other aspects of the movie was beautiful blend of realism and satire uh, homage perhaps, and then that part was just a little like we need to get this out of the way to get to the next scene yeah. type yeah. feel. Did you guys think that he was going to inject himself with the drugs in the last scene? Yeah, when he was like rolling up his sleeves. Yeah, I was just surprised by that. Yes, I was. It was a slat red herring, like you said, a little misdirection. Yes, a little upending. Of little I don't know why he got so undressed because he also filled up the bottles, but. Marta didn't actually like draw any drugs out. Here's my question, Duran. Have you ever give in have you ever given an impassioned soliloquy? Yeah. Or I guess it would be a monologue because others were present. It is quite taxing and the sweat is profuse. <laughs> okay. That is why. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Like now. What uh Monologues or soliloquies have you? <laughs> well, you'd only know about the monologues you were present for, and I will not uh, divulge the soliloquies for they are mine and mine alone, hmm. and the audience, of course. Okay. Uh, other plot points, other plot devices. I thought it was pretty clean in terms of like they. I kind of agree with David that that at the end it kind of seemed like they skimmed over some things that they could have otherwise but for the most part it was a pretty steady drip mm-hmm. of moving that plot line forward you could tell ransom was acting not sincerely goading her along in the car you could tell something was up yeah you weren't quite sure what uh everything but else they, did, fit. they did a really nice job of setting him up to at least have a reason to be on her side yes the layers were many yeah. it was like a nice bean dip and uh you want to try that one again yeah it was like a nice bean dip the no, try again is going to be the, dip, bean dip the is same. not a southern thing. It's not, but it's got layers, my friend, and I can enjoy bean dip if well, I want. What about like a, a sweet uh, whoopie pie? The layers are less pronounced. The metaphor would have broken down upon further reflection. What about a nice, uh, a nice, uh, what's that thing called they drink at the Kentucky Derby? It's not a mojito. It's a. I am waiting, my friend. You know I'm, what I'm talking about? I'm thinking the drink? Of, uh, mint julep. It's mm. like it's like a nice layered mint julep. Mm. <clears throat> Again. Bean dip. Mm. Bean dip. Bean dip. <laughs> because what do you do with a bean dip? You dive in with a chip. Right? And we had to dive into this movie to unpack it. We did not sip on the plot, my friend. We dove head first. Um, <laughs> Again, I had to so keep hard. the... Have a conversation. I had to keep... The integrity of the metaphor forefront in my mind when I made that decision. You had a lot of things forefront in your mind. The the thing about diving into Daniel Craig's southern accent. It takes a uh, southern intellect to juggle this many items at once. Uh, and bean dip. And bean dip. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on the uh, quasi-non-reliable narrator at the very beginning? 
I loved how there was slight changes in the scenes as they were alternating telling their stories. Uh, different uh, folks leaning over him uh, for the birthday candle. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had the cake uh, on her plate already, and then one scene it was given to her, I believe. Um, slight misdirections. It made me giddy to watch the rest of the film. I loved it because I think it did something that a lot of films don't do, which is show us that narrators are unreliable. I think a lot of people take film at face value and they don't necessarily connect that. Oh, the reason why that scene is the way that it is is because we are supposed to be viewing it through a particular person's eyes. And it's just like, it shoves it right in your face. So, you know, right off the bat that, Oh, these people are also seeing things like they don't even know what reality is. Yeah. And they do a good job with the questions too, both, both visually and auditory with questions of asking the different characters conflicting things about themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I actually like that framing in that they're, they're putting it right in front and they're making it very clear that it's unreliable mm-hmm. and they're, they're weaving it together in a way that's not super jarring and not super expositional. I'm going to dovetail off the weaving comment. The ability for the writer of this film, Ryan Johnson to utilize dialogue that both progressed the plot forward, delivered information in a timely manner, kept us guessing, and embe- and uh, enhanced the character's um, unique aspects was quite enthralling. True. Yes. Uh, so I, I think David said earlier that it was an homage, and I think that's a very interesting thing. Do you guys think there should be more movies like this? Obviously, it's doing well. We all liked it. Yeah, um, I think part of why it's doing well is because of the ensemble cast okay. more than anything else. Um, because, I mean, there was that other film, the Murder on the Orient Express. More, Murder on the Orient Express was the same type of film, did not do well. Well, it had some it had pretty an big ensemble people. cast. Like, I think it did, really but it wasn't. Had... It wasn't like this. You need no. you need buzz to have legs in the film industry, and I think that the quality of the writing. Uh, and a bunch of the payoffs. This had a bunch of setups and payoffs that were quite nice. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about the fake knife twist at the end, which I found thrilling. It, it was a little spoiled in our theater because some woman in the front was like, "Someone did that." Oh yeah, well we saw together. Duran and I were literally sitting next to each other. Yeah, that's true. Someone, what did she say? Like as as, as the, he as they were slow motion coming down to the floor. Someone went, some woman in the theater took it upon herself to yell to the theater. It's a fake knife. It's a fake knife. Yeah. That happened in your theater. Yeah. I got real. So it'd been a while since I'd seen a movie with a crowded theater, uh, around me. And when I was sitting there, when the previews were about to start and everyone was bustling in and I saw it was a full house, I got nervous. Luckily, nothing was spoiled for me. And my viewing, uh, experience was quite nice, but, I think about that stuff. Did you guys like the uh, the title drop at the very end? Oh, loved it. The this family you come in knives out. I just like that. Uh, yes, I liked it as well. I also liked the opening shot of the dogs. Um, yeah. I also liked the the tie around of the coffee mug. One of the first uh-huh. shots in the film. And uh-huh. she just. My question to you is, um, how much money did she uh, take it upon herself to um, dish back out to the family, if any at all? Oh, I don't think she did. Perhaps to the young uh, student who she said on the phone that she would take care of. Um, maybe, I, well, maybe, but maybe not. I wouldn't have if I were her. I After agree. all that, I don't know. Because again, she had been like backstabbed by that person. That's true. I did. I did enjoy that. Uh, Mister Blanc noticed the blood on the shoe immediately. Yeah. Uh, that At was, the end, that when she's nice. like, "When did you know?" and he's like, "Oh, at the very start." Yeah. 
But, but again, she had a kind heart. But again, like they showed us that. Right? They showed halfway us through the film, like, yes. very obviously. But I think the, that was supposed with the to violins, be violins. That was quite nice. Yeah, I think that was supposed to be us. Then worried about her. Yeah, which like, it, it did. Like as, added that as soon as someone sees that, yeah, they might wins. make that connection. Exactly. And, and then, and even that, it was subverted. Exactly. What did you guys think about the hue? Did it? The hue. Oh, that did was it. a stretch. Uh, that was a stretch. You but, did it. But here's. But here is the thing. It was set up mighty from the beginning. Ransom makes the help call him Hugh because he's an asshole. <laughs> one, one thing about this accent is the intensity in which your eyes are making. <laughs> like It takes you're an immense hard. amount of focus. Yeah. They do set it up. Yeah, they set it up. But it, I don't think anyone that, in the moment when Fran is laying there I can barely saying, hear Hugh did it, that anyone... That sees this movie is gonna go. Oh, Hugh, yeah, that's right. It was. It was the. Uh, that was the stretch of the film that was the most touch and go for me personally. So, kind of lump it in with uh, just about the fifteen minute stretch there. That was a little uh, shoddy. Uh, so so do we think that she helps the family afterwards, Dave? Mm. Uh, if anything, just to the young student because she gave her word on the phone call. Would she help the? Uh... I think she actually helps everyone. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that's just who she is. She's got a kind heart. I think the film is about her. Uh, other things about Knives Out. My Why punks. is Chris Evans's character's name Ransom? Mm, who yeah. names their child Ransom? Is it supposed to be that he is obviously different than the rest? Right. The rest of them have fairly normal names like Linda and Walt and Richard. It is his middle name. His name yeah. is Hugh, exactly. Hugh, but why? But Where Hugh the middle still? name like Hugh Ransom, Ransom is still. from? Yeah, it is this. Is this a reference to Baron Trump? Maybe. I don't know if I have a leg to stand on when I say that, but that is the first thing I think of when I think about like ridiculously named people. And Ransom Thromby. Oh, I guess it's Ransom Drysdale. Yeah, because. Uh, his dad is Richard Drysdale, yeah. who's married to Linda, who is actually yeah. a thrombie. Ransom, after some brief digging on the internet, is uh, apparently a um, pretty classic name um, with some history um, in the United States. It, it also could be a throwback, because I know that there were other things that Ryan Johnson did that were throwbacks to other whodunit crime, oh, yeah, both maybe. novels Perhaps and some, films. Um, old, uh, oft-overlooked character from some hole-in-the-wall mystery novel. Yeah. That he enjoyed. Because uh, apparently, like, also just... What's the guy's name? Harlan Thromby is also very similar to, like, a classic, like, whodunit character from, I don't know, the 50s or 60s. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Which which is, like, it would, it would make sense if Ransom was tied to that. But I did also think, like, wait, wait, what? His name's Ran- Ransom? They call him Ransom. That's the name you're I going with, Ransom? I thought that was actually really cool. Why? Because just Ransom's a cool name? I think Ransom's a cool name... Because it's just, it's a word with a very, very specific meaning that I don't think anyone would ever think to apply to a human being. Well, and to also make it a non-character until the very end, right? Like, you don't even see him in the first, like, third of the movie. Yeah. You kind of hear about him, but you don't really see him. It's like he's out fighting crime or something. It's not like the main guy that died was, like, Moneybags Thromby. Harlan Thromby is a pretty normal name. Yeah. Also, uh, I want to throw this question out to both of you. Uh-huh. Um, 
Do you think if this happened in real life that uh-huh. Marta would be convicted of murder? Mm. If if no. she had actually if it, the if the medicines hadn't been swapped. I mean on a technicality no because that's not murder. Maybe manslaughter. Maybe manslaughter. But even at that it would be negligence. Yeah. I do not know. <laughs> I can't tell if you're not answering yeah. because you're like, I don't want to try to say the words in my southern no, accent. No, okay. First off, pitiful attempt. Wow. It was okay. Actually. Wow. I, d- Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. I misspoke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Second off, no word that is. That sounds so sarcastic no, when you no say word it, when you is say too, that. No word is too complex for me in this state you feel free to test me as you will hmm. i would prefer the conversation to flow as natural as possible though. okay uh also the fact that on a monopoeia there was a knife wound and her fingerprints wouldn't have been on the knife easily well, wiped down when um hand placed upon the knife we'll see post-murder. that's another part of it right because the thing even if she had overdosed him on morphine the thing that would have killed him is certainly the knife wound, right? In the way that it, in the events that played out, yes. So I, I think you would be, I think if this were to go to trial, yeah. you'd be hard pressed to convince anyone that she is a murderer or that she should even really be convicted because wow. at the end of the day, he did not die from a morphine yeah. overdose. But so also, he would have. Yeah, but he would have, and it might have been a thing where if you, I, I could see someone arguing that because she knew that she messed up. She killed him instead of having him. It is true. Run around in a morphine trip and then die. Another, another I think it'd be way. You, he would have had a much better time. I'm surprised that he, being a person of uh, influence and intelligence, would say like, "Oh, you overdosed me on morphine. I'm just gonna kill myself." That was my yeah. Yeah, yeah. You brought that up earlier. Yeah, but that's just surprising that. Yeah, any any potential tracks he did cover would have been immediately uncovered with the toxicology report. Yeah, which they yeah. he didn't even think of when he, he was going through all of his instructions for Marta. Yeah. Like, he never once did that. This up. conversation brings to mind a point I'd like to make. What? How would our conversation differ in tone or um, substantial or substantialities uh, if, upon second viewing, uh, if we had a second viewing of the film? I believe it would change. You I think, think we, we would like it as I much? think we would pick up on new things. Oh yeah, I think that things yeah. would become more clear. Yeah, and I think we'd have a lot more ooh ah moments. I would like to watch again. Like definitely, that's there. Well, but I, one of my first movie watching experiences was watching The Sting like over and over and over again, uh, which I feel as though like The Sting is a decent callback for this kind of movie. Um, not quite the same whodunit, but still the same caper and mystery. Um, what? Let me think. That I haven't really thought through this until we were just talking about this. What would have happened to Marta? What was? Harlan thinking was going to happen. What do you mean? It will be ruled as a suicide. What do you, you back up a little bit. Yeah. What, what are you talking about specifically? So why did Harlan kill himself? Because he wanted it to be a suicide? Because if it was ruled suicide, there's then Marta would have been fine. They wouldn't have got, they yeah, wouldn't have arrested okay. her. They wouldn't have looked into her family. They wouldn't have deported her mother. So his act of killing himself was to cover Marta. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, okay. 
I don't know if that's that compelling for me. Maybe it is. I don't know. That just seems like a weird choice to make. Again, second viewing would uh, yeah, uh, true, true. Uh, contribute to this conversation. Yeah. Think. I and think it's also because this is something that's been broached in my personal life a few times within the past year or so. That when people reach a certain age, yeah. they become much more comfortable with the idea of death. Yeah, so for, for me, if I was accidentally given the wrong medication and I was told, you're probably going to die in 10 minutes, I would say, call the ambulance. Let's give, like, yeah, I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to die today. Yeah. No, I think you're right. For someone that. who's, you know, getting who's already very like late in their life. End of life choices on, I'm not going to cut you all on my will. Yeah, I could see, because I, I mean, there's people in my family that I feel like if they were put in that situation, they would say, oh, no, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you're Don't right. worry about calling yeah, anyone. I think you're right. I think you're right. Which is very interesting because why wouldn't he? Oh, because if he calls people up and tells them, then they're gonna blame it on Marta. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. I like that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Second viewing. That was okay. So. What would you look for? Oh. Everything. Other things we didn't like about the film. I covered mine for the most part. I loved the music. Um. I thought that was great. Just that fifteen-minute stretch got a little. Much like my accent just then, touch and go. Other things you didn't like? Um, I don't think there's much that I didn't like. Yeah. Which is why I gave it a thumbs up. Yeah. Which is why I'd be happy to watch it again. That is now my qualifying factor. Is for watch it whether again. it's a thumbs up or a middle thumb. Interesting. Okay. Am I already willing to watch this film again? Or is it easy for me to say, yeah, I would definitely watch that film again. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Uh, there is rumors that Ryan Johnson would be up for doing a series of movies that feature LeBlanc solving mysteries, mm. which I would be very interested in, even given the Southern accent that you apparently either have to buy into or don't like. Three seconds, all it took. Moving on. Uh, okay, so things we really liked about this film. Already covered them. My my okay. points have um, You're really engaging in this podcast. Run dry. <laughs> okay, I, Dave's done. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not done. Dave, you can switch back to a normal voice whenever you want. I hear what you're trying to do, Duran. <laughs> it will not work on me. Ensemble cast, yeah. music, shot composition. I did love a lot of the shots of uh, Blanc. Yeah. Were in the corner with the smoke. They were in the corner. They were the yeah. lighting was different. Any a lot of the close up shots of him, they were from different angles than anyone else's close ups. Mm-hmm. They had different lighting than anyone else's close ups. Like they were, it was very clear that they were trying to disconnect him. And I think, yeah. like you said earlier, with his accent, like they're very much trying to distance him from the rest of them. I would be interested to see upon second viewing when the timing of the keys are struck in the beginning. After what lines are they struck? Oh, yeah. If there was a pattern there, perhaps. I thought it was every time... Correlating with lies? I thought it was more just that he wanted to move on. Yeah, I think it was when they were digressing. Perhaps that isn't the case. Or or maybe when he wants the uh, Lieutenant Elliot to ask a specific pointed question. Mm, Yes. Yeah. But, I yeah, I, I think the mystery around him was well set up. Like, they told you enough to understand who he was, but they didn't, like, tell you everything. I think he has a more complex character arc than that. Well, even when when we learn about him, we learn that he doesn't even know why he's there. Yeah. 
which I like that plot twist a lot. That yeah. that's also part of the mystery is like, wait, but who would want him there? Yeah. It's just like a, a very nice double fold. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much we actually talked about uh, knives out in this one, but all right. Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, recommendations. Yeah. Well, would we recommend that they make more movies like this? Because I think that was an interesting thing we talked about with Widows was how come more movies aren't like Widows? Yeah. Right. How come more movies aren't like Knives Out? I think it's. Uh, I mean, look, looking at even just the cast that it takes. Yeah. The the overlap of the trust of a studio and the talent of a writer-director. This is an original story. Yeah. Very uncommon in today's times. Yeah. And I think that if you don't get that narrative arc perfect, it is terrible. Yeah. Right? Because we we even, like, nitpicked it, and I even think our nitpicks weren't that big of a deal in terms of, like, how... Like, it logically flowed through from beginning to end. And I do think that that's an inherent problem with this style of movies. If you make it more mainstream, then you get people like DC who want to copy Marvel, and they just do it poorly. And then it's real bad, because then it's not followable. I think that if the right people make more of these movies, absolutely. So what we want is we want want Ryan Johnson to make whodunit films in the Star Wars universe. Oh. The Han Solo anthologies. I don't want... More Han Solo films. Oh, bummer. Uh, the who's a good character we haven't. It doesn't need to be a character. Oh, we just want Star Wars universe. It can be in the Star Wars universe. Look at Mandalorian. I would say that Mandalorian is showing that you can make compelling Star Wars. Well, but it's entertainment. Uh, right, yeah. So yes, we think it should be made more. Knives Out should be made mm-hmm. more, but yeah. only if it's done well. Yeah, which is complicated. Which is super complicated. Is there a director that you would like to see make a movie like this? That's a great question. Yes. Who? <clears throat> I mean, I think it's been, what's interesting is like <clears throat> Ryan Johnson. Wes Anderson comes to mind. I would not want to see a Wes Anderson. I think it would be a unique it. hybrid of, of uh, well, we already kind of, Grand Budapest Hotel that's was almost that, one. That's exactly what uh, I think of. Did you not like that film? Not really. I personally loved it. Would you watch it again? Absolutely. I've watched it three or four times. Wow. Yes. I watched it in theaters. I've seen Isle of Dogs probably six times. That's weird. Have you seen Isle of Dogs? No. Well, then do not call it weird, my friend. No, your habits are weird. Yes, they are. Okay. Uh, have you guys seen uh, any Guy Ritchie films? Yes. Lock, Stock, Snatch, yes. Revolver? The new ones are a drop off in quality. In terms of like Sherlock Holmes? N- no, the newer ones. Which newer ones are you talking about? The King Arthur. Oh, I, and um, yeah. Robin Hood. I don't with with Jamie Foxx and Taron at years. Okay. Yeah, I was Guy Ritchie. I'm th- oh, that's too bad because yeah, I like quite, his first. I know, time. right? But like Snatch and Lockstock, I feel fit into a similar kind of vein. Mm-hmm. The other thing I was going to say is, did you guys ever watch Layer Cake? Mm-mm. No. Um, you mean Bean Dip? <laughs> no, it's Layer Cake. Uh, it's actually a Daniel Craig film that I would argue sets Daniel Craig up for James Bond. But it's a similar kind of feel to a snatch in Lockstock, and it's like kind of a British crime caper. But it has a very similar feel to this in the context of like multiple layers leading to a larger story. Are you f- too familiar with Paul Thomas Anderson's work? I think if he put his mind towards a whodunit, it would be uh, interesting. He did uh, There Will Be Blood. He did that new movie about the dressmaker. With there Will Be Blood? Wait, you mean that one about the milkshake? Yes, I do. That one. Do not tempt me. Okay. Scott. Oh, uh, the other ones are uh, the dressmaker. Thomas Anderson also did Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights 
the dressmaker one that won the Academy Award for uh, production design. Didn't it have that actor in it? Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, yes. doesn't he do a monologue? He in does do a film? monologue in There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Um, talented man. Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite directors. I think he would be. He did uh, the one with um, the blonde bloke who died. Uh, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Wow. The, uh, you got there. Yes, and it also has Joaquin Phoenix, and it's called The... Who, Phoenix? Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin. I think it's Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. And uh, I believe the name of the film is The Chosen. No, it's not The Chosen. The Chosen. <laughs> Gentlemen, Paul Thomas Anderson is another answer I do submit to your question. Okay. Neither of you have submitted entries yourself. So. I just said Guy Ritchie. Oh, there we go. Duran? I don't know. Apparently old Guy Ritchie, but Guy Ritchie. Um, I don't know who directed Godzilla. No one knows. No <laughs> one cares. Um, would you want Taika Waititi to? You guys are both Taika Waititi fanboys. Would you want Taika Waititi to do a whodunit? No. Nah, well, it would be more of a comedy. Yeah, it would. I mean, be a comedy. comedy. This was kind of a comedy. I only laughed a couple times in this. Like, I didn't. I was. I liked it more. Because of the whodunit aspects than I did for the comedy aspects. Uh, let's do a real quick poll. Is this more or less a comedy than Jojo Rabbit? Is Which one is more of a comedy? <clears throat> Overall, total film, not just like a specific part of Jojo Rabbit. Odd question to pause it, my friend. That's what this podcast is about, man. Indeed. You've never heard of us. Three guys. <laughs> I would answer on face value... Jojo Rabbit, perhaps. Because of one-liners? Perhaps. And slapstick nature. The elements are more fantastical. But the connective thread of the style of comedy throughout the film would um, push me to uh, change my choice to Knives Out. Yeah, I'm actually going to go back to what Duran just said in terms of, like, you didn't laugh that much. There were some times I laughed, but I think you're right that, like, there weren't really moments that were supposed to be funny it wasn't think, a comedy i think the general feel of the film was a little whimsy yeah and i think especially making fun of the family was whimsical yeah which well, causes well, some well comedy. i feel we've got some moving goalposts here let's define comedy <laughs> well no we're, we're the only goalposts are just either or which one let's more? define comedy i whatever you think comedy Go ahead. Is. fantastic my answer then will be knives out because it's consistent comedic tone throughout that it's set up for what it is. Jojo Rabbit, perhaps more slapstick, more fantastical, but the shift in tone and the uh, different beasts there. With Knives Out, if we did not laugh as much, it was still consistent throughout with its style of comedy. Do you want to get into that sticky wicket? No, I don't want to get into okay. that sticky wicket. Um, I think, I don't think either of them are true or like true comedies. That's why they're. That's why they're both comedy drama, something else. Yeah, because they they have humor elements throughout, but that's not what their focus is. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because I think like, do I like comedy movies? No, but I did like this. It's not a comedy. That's yeah. my whole thing. I think I so I have a different take. I oh. think that this movie is entirely a comedy. I don't think a comedy has to domineer what is taken away from a film. I believe that if the label comedy is put on a film... Now, I get what you're saying. right? Like Hot Rod is a comedy, right? 
Or did you pick out Rob just because it sounds good in your southern accent? Does it? Hot Rob. Well, so my thing is both of these films had comedy and drama. So I would say yeah. both of these films are comedies. Now, the the type of comedies that that are put out there as far as the different nature of what else is drawn out, the other elements present will, will obviously fluctuate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say both are comedies. Obviously not a comedy like a... Like a hot Rob. Feral movie. A Will Ferrell movie, yeah. Because I think those films, when you look at the how they are categorized, they are categorized solely as yeah, comedy. True, true. Like a like a step like a stepdad or what was it called? Ted. Uh, Ted or Ted Two. The Bear Returns. The Bear. <laughs> the Bear Necessities. Thunder Buddies. <laughs> 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 Uh, all right. Uh, are we um, moving on to... We're well, kind of recommendations. Recommendations. Uh, would your parents like it? Yes. Both my parents loved it. I saw it with my parents. Oh, this hey. is how I know. Fresh take. Fresh take. Did you, before they told you anything, did you think they were loving it? Uh, y- mm, yes. I knew they would both like it. Walked out of the theater, and my father said, I like that movie much more than I thought I would. And mom said, Daniel Craig is a delight. You know who's a delight, Dave? You are. Oh. My, my, uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think both my parents would love it. Especially because there, I don't think there was anything in the movie that was aggressively violent or aggressively, like, crude in nature. There's some language, so obviously, and there, there's some language Up and there's some ass. themes. Yeah, and there were some themes I wouldn't want, like, an eight-year-old to see. But there certainly wasn't anything that was off-putting. There wasn't anything that was, like, cringy or, like, this is uncomfortable. What do you think? Do you think it was rated PG-13? Uh, indeed. Oh, um, Chris Evans sat in a chair and repeatedly said, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. Up your ass. Eat shit. Yeah. Up your ass, eat shit. PG-13. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the themes in it are also PG-13, right? Like, I, yeah. I don't think that... That necessarily, like, just because of the language, right? I don't... Yeah. yeah. But be, I think If Frozen of, 2 had a scene where Elsa sat in a chair and said, eat shit, <laughs> eat shit, eat shit, eat shit, it would have indeed be written, rated PG-13. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, Frozen 2 doesn't need to have that rating. Absolutely. Um, but I think because of that, it's very... It has a mass appeal, which is, I think, why the audience score is so high, is that I think a lot of people from a lot of different... I think people who, like are getting off the Marvel bandwagon and are super stoked by Chris Evans, like, would still go to it and be like, oh, yeah. Like, it still has the energy of a, of a Marvel oh, yeah. movie. Well, and it's engaging, right? You have to yeah. follow along or connect the dots. People who are Daniel Craig fans from James Bond are going to come into it and think, like, oh, yeah. Like, weird accent, sure, but, like, still, like, oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I think Dave's right. Like, it's it, it's pulling you in through those plot elements, which, which force you to pay attention. And it doesn't... It There are some parts that are a little... Chunky if you're not really into it. Um, but I think that because of that mass appeal, I think yeah. a lot of people are going to like it. Yeah. yeah. Your parents are in? Uh, I think both of them would really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it it also isn't confusing. I think one of the things mm. that yeah. may have, if mass audiences had watched Widows, they may have been oh, that's a good point. upset about how it wasn't super clear. Yeah. And you kind of, you had to fill in more gaps than I think you did with this film. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. 
And there's a lot more subtext in Widows than there is here. Yeah. There was definitely, like, non-said things in this movie. There was definitely that subtlety. But in Widows, there's a lot more. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, there I were things, that. when we came away from Widows, we had to talk about yep. Yep. Wait, what was actually happening here. Yep. I still recall that shot on the uh, on the side of the car. In Widows? Beautiful. With the continuous shot Absolutely. as they drove through the as neighborhood? Through yeah, the yeah, for yeah. sure. He yeah. should make a... We should, we should rewatch Widows. And, and do a, a year in review of Widows. We could. Um, cool. Uh, do we want to do other recommendations? Or like how many times we'd watch this? I don't know. Do we want to do that for this? Um, how about this? Would you put this as the favorite movie of the ones we've done for this podcast? Wow. Uh, other, other Ryan Johnson films, perhaps? I do like Last Jedi a lot. I do oh, I like, get, I I like Looper my, a lot. I didn't get on my soapbox to talk about how great Last Jedi is. I like, I like this film more than Looper. I, it's very close with Brick. Um, I need to rewatch Brick. Yeah, I, I recommend it. I watched it like 10 years ago. Oh, yes. Mine was like four. Brick is pretty good. I remember being amazed by it. Um, so it would be between this and as far as a movie goes, I would probably watch this one before I would watch Last Jedi again. Uh, the the uh, one exception racist. being I'm going to we watch Last Jedi soon in preparation yeah. for the new film. I do feel like I need I should watch it again for that reason. I'm just happy that Ryan Johnson can come and have a success without people shitting on his parade. I'm excited about that. Other media. Other, Other media. media. I got mine this time. What is Let's it? Let's go, Scott. Breath of the Wild. Oh. Man. Are you on the Switch? Yes. Do you have a Switch here? Yes. You have We got one in like September, late August. Have you had Breath of the Wind this entire time? I haven't been playing it. It's Breath of the Wild. You said Breath of the Wind. I did say it's it. Good. I just At know. least I didn't say Breath of the Butt. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Thought. Uh, I've had it the whole time, but I knew it was going to uh, consume me. So I wanted to wait until after the semester was over. It is truly open world. There is no crevice you cannot crawl up. And I did not say that because I just said the word thoughts. It is amazing. How much have you played it? A tad. Yeah, it is real good. It's it's exactly my style of game. It is the best one since um, Ocarina of Time. I'm trying to think what I've absorbed. Honestly, the only media that I've absorbed lately has been The Mandalorian, Always Sunny, Jeopardy, and... You talked about Jeopardy last World of Warcraft Classic. Have, you haven't talked about Mandalorian, though. Yeah, I was going to say, Mandalorian would be a fine recommendation. Yeah. I would choose that one. I would recommend... <laughs> Uh, watching the Mandalorian, uh, especially for the end credit illustrations, the care that went into those uh, drawings, um, throwing back to the key scenes from the episode, uh, quite enjoyable. And the soundtrack is a hidden gem. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any new music that I've. You guys are both saying Mandalorian. I'll say Manda. You say Lorian. Manda. Lorian. Manda. Lorian. There we go. Let's go to email. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next up, we'll be doing Rise of Skywalker. Indeed. Yes. Friday, December 20th, 8 a.m. Ladies and gentlemen, viewers, this has been three guys you've never heard of reviewing Knives Out. Spoons up. On be- <laughs> Forks in. Sporks sideways. On behalf of Scott and Duran, I am David, a.k.a. Mr. Tweed. Thank you, Mr. Tweet. This has been lovely. Uh, we need to uh, thank uh, Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song, Enter the Party, for our intro and our outro. 
And uh, as always, eat your vegetables and call your moms. Till next time. There was a deleted scene I got the uh, the pleasure of seeing online where Linda and her husband, um, Walt, were talking about um, the African-American actor Will Smith. And they were assuming that Justice Smith was his you son. You know that I get to edit these, right? And <laughs> so we're just going to edit this. So out. I think that further uh, re- reinforces the point you just made. You racist. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry for the extra editing work I just created for it's okay. you. It was You'll a laugh about it when it comes out. I'm going to edit a lot of this. A funny joke. Because we have a lot <laughs> Every of Every part with Dave's southern accent is removed. Uh, no, I'm pretty impressed so far that you've been able to keep it together. He's doing a great job. There's been yeah. some shaky points, but when in doubt, you just pick a... Um, uh, a big a, one. A word that is uh, off the wall and yet somehow tangentially related to the conversation. <laughs> I can't do this because I can't think that fast. I made up my own language in third grade. I know. You're doing great. I love it. What was your word for pineapple? Pon-a-nani, pon-pon-lani, my friend. Pineapple <laughs> in the own language. so impressive that you can do that in an accent. Now I'm going to pick all my movies based on what accent they have to see if you can replicate the accent the whole episode. This is probably the best job I'll ever do in my entire life. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so Dave, what would you like to correct us on? I drink your milkshake. I drink it up, Eli. Eli. Give me the blood, Eli. Give me the blood. Let me get out of here. You think you made it, Eli, do you? You see, I have a milkshake and you have a milkshake. My straw reaches across the room and drinks it up. I drink your milkshake, Eli. Oh, my God. <laughs> that itch? Yeah, had to scratch it. Guys, I... That was impressive. You did the whole mm-hmm. thing.